أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد باب ما يقال عند رؤية الهلال بإسناد متصل قال المصنف رحمه الله تبارك وتعالى يعني روى عن طلحة بن عبيد الله رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا رأى الهلال قال اللهم أهله علينا بالأمن والإيمان والسلامة والإسلام ربي وربك الله هلال رشد وخير رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن uh, the chapter is regarding what a person should say when they see the new moon. Obviously, you have to see the new moon in order to say something when you see the new moon, uh, which is a different discussion for a different time. Uh, but it's narrated by Sayyidina uh, Talhat ibn Ubaidillah, one of the Ashara Mubashirin bil Jannah, that he said that the Prophet said, or would say when he would see the new moon. Uh, oh Allah, make this new moon rise over us بالأمن of security and iman and in faith with salama and with good in, in a good state islam and submission to Allah Ta'ala يعني the deen of Allah Ta'ala and he would look at the moon and say my lord and your lord is Allah and then he would say hilal urushdin wa khair he would say uh, that, that uh, may it be a moon of guidance and of goodness is narrated by Tirmidhi and he said it's Hadith Hassan. So the wording of this dua is a little bit different uh, in different narrations. So there's like a narration of Imam Ahmad and Ashab Sunan that Badl al Amni wal Iman is Bilyumni wal Iman. But uh, they're they're similar. The idea is what? Is that there's two pairs of things that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa makes dua for. One is that the, the new moon there's a tafa'ul. Can the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yuhibbul fa'l? There's a, a tafa'ul is what? Is to take a good sign, an encouraging sign from something. And so the new moon, like just like, you know, everybody celebrates Happy New Year. Some people it's not a good year for them. Some people it is, some people it isn't. But everybody has at least a good hope that it will be a good year, inshallah. Um, so like that, there's tafa'ul, uh, that the new month will be a good month. So the first of the two pair is aman, something that's uh, safety and security, or yuman, which means literally good omen, uh, that uh, that that may be a good omen for us, or may be security for us, which is these are dunyavi things that people wish for. Well, iman, which is a part of the deen, which is faith, of salama, that you should be safe in your person and your wealth, your family, and those things that are important to you. Well, Islam. And that a person should be in a state of submission to Allah Ta'ala. That he paired these two things. And then he looked at the moon and says, Rabbi wa Rabbuk Allah. Meaning that the moon is not, we don't worship the moon or the moon god or whatever nonsense that, uh, you know, our evangelical uh, neighbors and friends perpetrate on the internet. Because the enormity of what we actually believe is too much for them to handle. They cannot, they cannot deal with it, like the problems it's going to cause them, the crisis it's going to cause them of faith. So they just prefer to follow the madhab of making blank up, which is nonsense. But this is one of the many 
uh, innumerable proofs that we don't worship the moon god. He says, Rabbi wa Rabbuk Allahu. He says, Hilal Rushd. So Ibn Allan, he mentions Hilal Rushd and Wakhir. He mentions a number of other ad'iyah that are put together by Ibn Hajar al Haythami, the Shafi'i Faqih. Uh, 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 that are narrated from the different portions of uh, different hadiths and athar. Uh, he says, uh, he said in his imdad, he said, uh, 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 وَلَاحَوْلَوْوَلَاقُوَتَإِلَّابِاللَّهِالْعَلِيلْعَظِيمِ وَخَيْرٍ You say three times ثَلَاثًا آمَنْتُ بِالَّذِي خَلَقَكَ And I believe in the one who created you. ثَلَاثْ مَرَّاتْ Three times. Then he says, يَقُولُ اللَّهُ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي أَذْهَبَ الشَّهْرَ كَذَا وَجَعَبِ الشَّهْرِ كَذَا And so you say, Alhamdulillah, who completed and finished the previous month and you name which month it is and that came or brought this new month, whatever this new month is. And this is this is all from different narrations. Ibn Humam, the the commentator on the Hidayah, inshallah, you'll get there eventually. Ibn Humam, the commentary commentator on the Hidayah, he made the Takhrij of all of these uh, different portions of this litany that uh, isn't mentioned by Ibn Allan and he says also uh, um, Ibn al-Jazri the Sahib al-Hasin uh, 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 that, that uh, in both of those both of those authors I'm assuming that it's in Ibn, Huma, uh, Ibn Humam's commentary on the Hidayah but I'm not sure but the Hasin al-Hasin is a well-known book of du'as and things like that uh, so if you want to see the takhrij of the different portions of this litany باب فضل السحور وتأخيره ما لم يخشى طلوع الفجر. The chapter regarding the virtue of eating a meal before the fast starts and delaying it, not you know, not eating it excessively early, but meaning delaying it until kind of before fajr, as long as a person isn't afraid that the 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 dawn will break while they're eating. وعن سيدنا أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تسحروا فإن في السحور بركة. He said that stay awake and eat this pre-dawn meal before you keep a fast. Why? Because in the suhoor is بركة. وعن زيد بن ثابت رضي الله تعالى عنه قال تسحرنا مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم قمنا إلى الصلاة قيل كم كان بينهما قال خمسون آية. Zayd bin Thabit, the personal uh, secretary of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he mentioned that we uh, had suhoor with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and uh, we then uh, got up to pray, meaning pray fajr. And so uh, he was asked when narrating this that uh, what was, how much was the the time between eating suhoor and between the prayer. He said, however long it takes to read, 50 ayahs. Um, and so, you know, it's, uh, you know, 
a couple good couple of minutes so the point is that the fast is, the fast is valid if you eat all the way until the buzzer but the sunnah has to stop a little bit before not to not to have a, a buzzer beater uh, uh, unless there's some sort of compelling reason that a person has to eat or whatever but at any rate it's not invalid until you cross the line um, but a person shouldn't purposely eat all the way until the end they should stop uh, the amount of time it takes to read 50 ayahs from before that so just a couple minutes five minutes or so between five and ten minutes uh, when Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma قال كان لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مؤذنان بلال وابن أم مكتوم فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن بلالا يؤذن بليل فكلوا واشربوا حتى يؤذن ابن أم مكتوم قال ولم يكن بينهما إلا أن ينزل هذا ويرقى هذا متفق عليه So this is a, an interesting hadith Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar رضي الله تعالى عنهما he narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had two mu'addins in Medina Munawwara. And uh, um, so this this d- discussion of how many mu'addins the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had, um, Ibn Allah, he mentions actually four of them. He says there's these two as well. These two these two were in Medina Munawwara. And then there was uh, Abu Mahdura in, in Makkah Mukarramah. Abu Mahdura is a young man from Quraysh. His older brother, his uh, his older brother was killed fighting for the kuffar uh, on the day of Badr. I pulled out his tarjuma from. I pulled out his tarjuma from the Usdul Ghaba of uh, of. Uh, um, Abu Yusuf ibn Abdul Bar. Uh, he says that his name is Samarat ibn uh, uh, Mu'ir. Uh, uh, um, that uh, he is, uh, his mother was from Khuza'a and, and uh, uh, he is uh, uh, from Quraysh. وغلبت عليه كنيته that he's just known as Abu Mahdura. There's a long discussion about what his name actually is. Is it Samura or is it Os or Uwais or Unais or like there's like a bunch of different aqwal that are given. But the point is that he's he's well known from his kunya, which is it happens from time to time, uh, um, and so uh, it is narrated uh, from him that uh, um, that uh, his uh, sons and grandsons. His son narrates from his grandson who, uh, his grandson, his great-grandson narrates from his father who was the grandson of the Sahabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu Abu Mahdura that he says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqa'adahu alqa alayhi al-adhana harfan harfan qala Ibrahimu Ibrahim ibn Abdul Aziz ibn Abdul Malik um, the narrator uh, he says wa mithu adhanina here, Mithu Adhanina means what? The way the Adhan was called in Medina. Um, and the Murad bihi Tarji' that the Shadu Allah ilaha illallah, Shadu Allah ilaha illallah is said, and then Shadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Shadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And afterward, the voice is raised and it's said louder again the second time. Shadu Allah ilaha illallah, Shadu Allah ilaha illallah, Shadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Shadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And this is the Fatwa of Malik, this is, this is the the preferred way of making adhan 
if not for any other way, this is for any other reason that this is the amal in in, in the haramein sharifain in makam karaman madina munawara. So so mithu adanina that this is the way we give the adhan, meaning the people from the provinces and the different parts of the empire, they don't give adhan like that. They give adhan like the way most people are familiar with with in the masajid in the United States or whatever. But he says, uh, 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 he says, he says, uh, he said that he uh, that he, he gave the adhan like our adhan. He said, I said to him, um, repeat the words, and he he explicitly repeated them with tarjir, with repeating the shahadatain again. Uh, uh, that he pe- pe- passed away in Makkah Mukarrama in the year of uh, 79, which is quite a long life. He was a young man. Essentially what happened, he was mocking the Adhan. And uh, the Rasul Sallallahu passed by him and he had no idea. And so he just kind of came up on him and, uh, 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 you know, said, you know, you give the Adhan really good. Why don't you give it for me? And so he said that I was just overcome with so much. Heba, that uh, I gave it as well, as, as, as nicely as I could. And so the Prophet ﷺ, he actually accepted Islam at that time and he appointed him to be, later on appointed him to be his uh, Mu'adhin. He says, وَلَمْ يُهَاجِرْ That he never went from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawara. He stayed there always. وَلَمْ يَزَلْ بِمَكَّةَ حَتَّى مَاتْ وَرُوِيَ أَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ أَمَّرَّ يَدَهُ عَلَى رَأْسِهِ وَصَدْرِهِ إِلَى سُرَّتِهِ وَأَمَرَهُ بِالْآذَانِ بِمَكَّةَ uh, 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 so it's narrated that uh, from uh, by Abu Nuaim that uh, he or the hadith is reported by Abu Nuaim with the chain of narration that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he uh, uh, rubbed his Mubarak hand on his head and on his chest all the way to his uh, all the way to his navel. And he uh, commanded him that he set the commanded that he should be the one who gives the adhan uh, thereafter. And uh, uh, it's uh, actually interestingly enough, uh, Ibn Abdul Bar has two entries for him in in the Usul al Ghaba. So there's a little bit of information that's there in the other and the other uh, entry that's not uh, that's not in, in in the entry that I mentioned. Where is it? There we go. Um, so he says that he says that Abu Mahdhurata Abu Mahdhurata Abu Mahdhurata Mu'adhin Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Wakan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sami'uhu Yahki al-adhan And this is a polite way of saying it, That he heard him uh, say, you know, Repeating the words of the adhan Fa'ajabahu sotuhu So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Actually said he has a good voice um, uh, and so he commanded that he should be brought and then that day he accepted Islam and so the, he, he was set as the Mu'adhan of the Haram Sharif after uh, leaving the Battle of Hunayn this was shortly after the Fath um, ثم ابن محيريز وهو ابن عمه ثم ولد ابن محيريز ثم صار الآذان في ولدي ربيعة ابن سعد ابن جمح that their clan of basically when he passed away his uh, um, cousin was the uh, مؤذن 
and then after he passed away, his son, uh, uh, his son, was the uh, his cousin's son was the muaddin, and then after that, their clan of Quraysh were the ones that the muaddins of Makkah Mukarramah were picked from, which is obviously not still the case, but many of those traditions have been disrupted now. Makana Abu Mahdurata min ahsan al nasi sultan that Abu Mahdura is known to be one of the people with the most beautiful of voices. وَسَمِعَهُ عُمَرُ يَوْمًا يُؤَذِّنُ فَقَالَ كِتَّأً أَنْ يَنْشَقَ مُرَيْطَاءُكَ مُرَيْطَاءُ is what? It is the, 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 the place... Um, between the, the navel and the, the private parts. So that's di- diaphragm- diaphragmatic breathing comes from where? From there, right? I remember watching, I thought, Humam, I said, if Humam comes, I'll mention this. So here, here, mashallah. Um, that one of the Gracies was like talking about like how you're supposed to breathe from from the diaphragm in the bottom, in the, in the, in the bottom, like you breathe, breathe from the chest. It's like emotional, you'll panic. Your, your heart rate will shoot up too f- hard, too fast. And, uh, you know, he had like this long talk about how he, because he can breathe from his diaphragm, he can go longer. Other people breathe from their chest, so they burn out faster. And so when he's getting going, he, you know, the other guy's already exhausted. And so that's when he slams on, when he feels that he's already, tapped, you know, like exhausted himself out. So the point is, is that Sayyidina Umar, anhu, he, he, he noticed this. So that means he also breathes like champion roller too, right? So he noticed this. He says that this, this guy, he's, his voice is like, so amazing that it's as if his diaphragm is going to like break into two that's how powerful his voice is but it's where did he notice he noticed the diaphragm right so that's that's impressive he must have had not only not only like because nowadays it's one of the things that annoys the smack out of me i know it's real salahim darsh not like what annoys hamza darsh but you know i'm gonna invoke like movie privilege here the people who walk up to the mic and they're like, Allah, Allah, Allah. And the, light, the mic is the one giving the adhan. They're just like doing their like little like R&B uh, solo artist, like real sweet, like you're like, you know, you're, you're whispering to your girlfriend or whatever. And that's not what the adhan is supposed to be, right? What is the adhan? It's, it's that. It's that this is who the Rasul Salah is on pick. It's someone who has like a really powerful voice. Uh, um, it's not supposed to be like whatever, sultry and seductive or, or whatever, right? So that's, that's, uh, um, Right, so he says, he says here he says al uh, Muraytau in in the Muqtar Sihah he was in al Humayra ma bayna surati wal anati wa minhu qulu Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu li Abi Mahdhurata hina adhana wa rafa'a sawtahu ama khashita an tanshaqa Muraytauka that uh, and he actually that's interesting because the dictionary actually brings this as a hujjah that this is even a word right is the qul of Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu anhu all right so that's the Rasul Sallallahu had now, the Hadith mentions two, right? Bilal radiallahu anhu and Ibn Umm Maktoum. And now then the, the who's the, the third one is Abu? Mahdura. And then uh, Ibn Allan, he mentions a, 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 a fourth one mentioned by, uh, um, he mentions a fourth one uh, in a Hadith narrated by Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha. Uh, that uh, so we mentioned that Muhammad bin Ishaq 
ومن قال ثلاثة أراد أبا محذورة الذي كان يؤذن بمكة وله مؤذن رابع وهو سعد بن ابن ابن قرض أذن للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بقباءة وبقباء um, either way you can say ثم صار بعد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أذنا بالمدينة لما ترك بلال الأذانة uh, um, and so the Rasul صلى الله عليه وسلم he had uh, he had a fourth مؤذن that he had appointed for uh, that he had appointed for uh, قباء um, and there are other people who gave the adhan during the life of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم so uh, this hadith is going to deal with who is going to deal with the two of them, uh, the two the, the two of them that were in Medina Munawwara and his masjid sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who who are uh, Sayyidina Bilal radiyallahu anhu and Ibn Ummi Maktum, and he said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, said that Bilal gives adhan in the night, meaning it's still when but when the time his adhan is made, uh, the dawn has not broken yet. So you can keep it eating and drinking if you hear it. This is the time it's suggested for you to like think about wrapping up now. He says, uh, uh, keep eating and drinking until uh, the adhan of Ibn Umm Maktum, you hear it. And then at that point, uh, 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 then you, st- you have to stop. And the narrator, Abdullah bin Umar, عنhuma, he says that there wasn't that much time between the two of them, except for one would get down and then the other one would get up uh, and uh, give the adhan. Ibn Allan, he points to the possibility that a person may think that they're, they're contiguous between one another, but they're not. There's a little bit of time. There's like the passing of several minutes between them at any rate. He says, نزل فأخبر ابن أم مكتوم فتأهب بالطهارة وغير وغيرها. So he says that meaning that one one would come down, the other would go up. First of all, you have to go up to the like roof, so it's not just like standing up and you know like you're sitting by the mic. I'm sitting by the mic. I sit down. You stand up. But he would make the adhan and he had his word of du'as that he would read, رضي الله تعالى عنه. And then he would wait for the time to be in, and then he would come down and tell ابن أم مكتوم who is himself uh, well known to uh, not. Have, to have lost his sight, not have the gift of sight. And so he would inform him that the time is and then he would go up and give the, give the adhan. So there's some, uh, there's some uh, um, time between the two of them. Now, this is a somewhat of a contested issue amongst the fuqaha in the sense that the Hanafis say that, the, the Jamhur say that, the, that it's a sunnah that the adhan for a fajr can be given, it's the only adhan that's given before the time of the slot comes in. So it can be given starting any time at the last sixth of the night. And uh, the Hanafi say, no, it has to be given when, when Fajr comes in as well. When confronted with the massive uh, uh, number of athar that Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu would give the adhan before uh, the time came in, um, you can read, you can read, the, uh, read the, uh, the chapter if you want in the Sharhman al-Athar of Tahawi radiallahu anhu. But the Hanafis do something, I swear to God, I've never seen anyone else do. There are all sorts of like different groups out there that will go after all kinds of Sahaba radiallahu anhu for the worst and like the silliest of reasons. I've never seen anyone go after Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu. 
<laughs> they, they, they somehow say, well, he was mistaken that he didn't know when Fajr was actually coming in. Wallahu alam. I have to say, Sharf Ma'an al Athar is a wonderful book and it's a real show of force, but that was one of the less convincing abwab that I saw and I was mildly offended by it. But, uh, you know, obviously the Mujtahid gets uh, two rewards for one being right and one reward for the other possibility. So Allah, Allah knows best. But the point is, is that uh, he said that you can you can keep eating and drinking until the dawn actually breaks. When Amr ibn al-Asi radiallahu ta'ala anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala faslu ma bayna siyamina wa siyami ahli al-kitabi aklatu sahar rawahu muslim that Sayyidina Amr ibn al-Asi radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the, the divider between the way we fast and the way that the uh, ahl al-kitab fast is that we we actually wake up and have suhoor. So it's good. This is why, mashallah, children should be woken up. My children are all here and they get woken up very forcefully by their baba. Now you see, it's not just because I'm a jerk, but there's barakah and khair and it's good. It's a good thing, inshallah. You heard it in the hadith. Now, now don't, don't say, oh, it's because baba wakes us up, but because it's actually the better way to do things. Babu fadli ta'jil al-fitri wa ma yuftaru alayhi uh, the chapter regarding the virtue of hastening to open the fast once the fast is over and uh, that which a person should open their fast upon and what a person should say uh, after uh, having opened their fast. And Sayyidina Sahlin ibn Sa'adin al-Sa'idi radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala la izalu nasu bi khayrin ma ajjalu al-fitra muttafaqun alayhi he says that uh, Sayyidina Sahl bin Sa'ad who narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, people will still, you can still see that they're, uh, uh, they're on khair, on goodness, as long as they hasten to open their, uh, their fast once it's over. And uh, Ibn Allah then brings another narration. He says, وَجَعَفِي رِوَايَةً لَا يَزَالُ الدِّينُ ظَاهِرًا uh, um, he said that uh, um, that uh, that in one narration that the people will still be on goodness in one narration the deen will still the 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 manifest like supremacy of the deen will still the supremacy of the deen will still be manifest it will still be uh, there for people to see as long as people uh, hasten to open their fast when it's over and uh, uh, Ibn Allah mentions because what the deen being manifest uh, publicly is itself it's a, a, a something that, that khair cannot be without. There's a narration of Imam Ahmad uh, 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 rahimahullah ta'ala fi hadithi an Abi Dharrin radiallahu anhu wa akhar suhur that it's mentioned that, that the deen is on khair not only for when the, as long as the people um, hasten the opening of the fast once it's over, but he mentions also that they also uh, uh, delay the suhura until close to before the the time of the breaking of the dawn. When Abi Atiyata qala dakhaltu ana wa masruqun ala Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha faqala laha masruqun rajulani min ashabi Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kilahuma la ya'lu anil khayri ahaduhuma yu'ajjalu al-maghriba wal-iftara wal-akharu 
يؤخر المغرب والإفطار فقالت من يعجل المغرب والإفطار قال عبد الله عبد الله يعني ابن مسعود فقالت هكذا كان كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصنعه رواه مسلم وقوله لا يألو أي لا يقصر في الخير ابن عطية أبو عطية and أبو عطية says مسروق in myself so there are two imams from the Abu Atiyah al-Wadi'i al-Hamadani he narrated from Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu Abu Musa al-Ash'ari and others and he's from the great mashayikh of the tabi'een his name is Malik bin Amir bin Abi Amir bin Awf bin Hamza ibn Abi Hamza and he passed away in the year 70 that he says that himself and Abu himself and Mas'ruq who is also a great Imam uh, of the people of the, the, the sorry the, the Tabi'een and he's from the same tribe as Abu Atiyah uh, and they're both narrated from they're both narrated from in the books of Hadith which is a big deal so he said that Abu Atiyah says Masruq myself and Masruq the two of us uh, visited Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and Masruq said to her what do you say about two men from the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam uh, both of them, uh, uh, both of them are people who never held back. They never slackened uh, from from doing good. Uh, but one of them, they they pray the maghrib as soon as it comes in. They they hasten to pray maghrib as soon as it comes in, and they hasten to making iftar as soon as it comes in. And the other one uh, delays the maghrib uh, from time to time and delays the uh, iftar. Here, delays maghrib means not like until it's out of time. But sometimes he doesn't pray right away. Uh, and then he delays his iftar. He doesn't uh, open the fast right away. Uh, so she said, radiallahu ta'ala anha, and she said, who's the one who uh, hastens the uh, maghrib and, and, and the iftar? And Masruq rahimullah ta'ala says, he said, Abdullah, uh, meaning Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. She said, this is how the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to do it. So he would hasten the maghrib and hasten the iftar. This, يعني يعني ابن مسعود, meaning the specification of this Abdullah being ابن مسعود. There's some discussion amongst the amongst the muhaddithin which who is that, but it's most likely ابن مسعود. And this saying of يعني ابن مسعود is not part of the hadith. It's something that one of the narrators, later narrators, added on. It's kalam uh, mudraj. Uh, it's not actually part of the part of the original narration. It's something that one an explanatory note that one of the later narrators um, tacked on. And Ibn Allan says that generally speaking, the people of Iraq, when they when when Abdullah is mentioned, they mean Ibn Mas'ud, and the people of uh, Hijaz, when Abdullah is mentioned, is uh, uh, Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu and Allah knows best this is his, his note uh, this is his note that he, he adds in uh, and it's a hadith of Muslim and then ala uh, ya'lu uh, means to, to slacken uh, in something it's this, it's also this expression is used in the hadith of Sayyidina Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu ajtahidu bira'yi wa la'alu that the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked him how, he, how would he rule 
if he didn't find uh, what he's looking for in the book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet he said that in that case I would exert myself uh, in finding uh, the most correct uh, opinion and I wouldn't slacken therein. So that's one of the conditions of ijtihad is that you actually have to exert yourself and don't be slack therein. So, you know, if you went like to four years to school to become something or another and you didn't spend that much time on this, then you're slacking. You're not a mujtahid. Obviously, four years is not enough to be a mujtahid, but this is a very easy benchmark. You can see, am I making ijtihad, yes or no? And the answer is no. If, you're, if you haven't spent what you have to spend in order to figure it out, then the answer is no. You're, you're not making ijtihad. You're, you're just joking around at this point. وَعَنَ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ أَحَبُّ عِبَادِي إِلَيَّ أَعْجَلُهُمْ فِطْرًا رَوَهُ التِّرْمِذِيُّ وَقَالَ حَدِيثٌ حَسَنٌ It's a beautiful and very, uh, uh, very beautiful and very uplifting and encouraging hadith that he said that uh, that uh, Abu Hurairah said that the Messenger of Allah said that Allah, mighty and majestic as He, said, The most beloved of my slaves to me are the ones who are the hastiest in opening their fast once the fast opens. And so a person might, you know, might wonder, uh, they may have a mistaken, uh, a mistaken set of assumptions. One is that the reason that Islam uh, uh, teaches a person to fast is that everything in Islam is like supposed to make your life horrible so uh, you know slacking and opening your fast makes your life even more horrible therefore it must be more Islamic and that's not that's completely based on a, a, a wrong understanding a wrong conception a wrong assumption that the the fast is for the sake of Allah Ta'ala uh, it's in once it's done fast once the fast is done to purposely avoid food at that point or avoid uh, opening the fast some of the fuqaha mention it's like fasting on Eid it's not good it's not a good thing uh, and it shouldn't be done and uh, um, the second thing is this is that the ni'mah itself right because there's like two sides of the coin the the ibadah when the fast is happening is through mujahada through struggle uh, and self-exertion, self-mortification. But then once the fast is over, the ibadah is through your shukr. And if you're not, if you're not, uh, uh, you know, concentrating on that, then there's something slipping away. Uh, and it's as if it's like a second priority. Uh, and so the reason was mentioned in the previous hadith uh, about uh, for uh, suhoor, that it's part of the ilhar of deen. It's part of the the uh, keep making manifest the signs of, of deen that this is my priority this is what I'm doing now before I was fasting and now I'm uh, I'm opening my fast that uh, they, they all tie in together there's like a bunch of adab that have to do with food that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to observe religiously that when he sat he didn't used to sit against lean against things he would either sit like he's sitting in tashahud or he would uh, sit with one um, with one knee up when he would eat or he would uh, uh, squat uh, when he sat. He never sat comfortably, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he would eat. And he would, you know, he would say, deliberately, he would say that, you know, when people would say, sit more comfortably, he would say, I'm a slave and I eat like a slave. And so the muraqaba of the mun'im and the ni'mah is one of the most important muraqabat of deen.
the meditation, when you see the ni'mah, when you see the, uh, the blessing, the meditation on the one who's giving you the blessing, Jalla wa'ala, this is one of the most important meditations and concentrations uh, in, in deen. It's what is muraqaba, what is meditation. It's not like mindfulness, like om and all this other nonsense that people do nowadays. It's what, it's concentrating on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the inner dimension of what zikr is. And so that's one of the most important muraqabah and kafiyat and making the dhikr of Allah ta'ala. That's why, uh, 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 you know, the hadith is there that like how many people um, are eating and they're thankful to Allah ta'ala and with Allah ta'ala they're in the same maqam as the person who's hungry and thirsty and fasting. Uh, so that's that's important to, to think about and to understand. When Umar ibn Khattabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أقبل الليل من ها هنا وأدبر النهار من ها هنا وغربت الشمس فقد أفطر الصائم متفق عليه سيدنا عبد الله بن سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه he said that if the ليل if the night uh, comes forth from from there pointing to the east and if the day is fleeting away uh, from there meaning pointing to the west and the sun has gone down. The qars, the, the disk of the sun is completely below the horizon. Then it's time to open the fast. So people are like, well, just I want to be sure, I want to be sure. This is once this happens, you're sure. And it's mentioned then in the uh, uh, very similar uh, hadith uh, is mentioned because that last hadith was, uh, the last narration was a qawl of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu that it's, it's the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa is the one he learned it from. It's on Abi Ibrahim, uh, Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa, uh, radiallahu anhu qala, sirna ma Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa huwa sa'imun, falamma gharabat al-shamsu, qala li ba'd al-qawmi, ya fulanu, inzil, fajdah lana, faqala ya Rasulullah, lo amsayta, qala inzil fajdah lana, qala inna alayka naharan, قال انزل فجدح لنا قال فنزل فجدح لهم فشرب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم قال إذا رأيتم الليلة قد أقبل منها هنا فقد أفطر الصائم وأشار بيده قبل المشرق متفق عليه وقوله جدح بجيم ثم دال ثم حاء ثم بجيم ثم دال ثم حاء مهملتيني اخلط السويقة بالماء سيدنا عبد الله بن سيدنا أبو إبراهيم عبد الله بن أبي أوفا narrates that we were with the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم we were walking with the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and he was fasting and so when the sun had set he said to some of the uh, some of the people he said oh so and so get down from your you know, from your riding uh, beast, and fajdah lana, meaning what? Mix suik and water, basically like water and cereal. So nowadays, right, people come on TV and like, oh my God, I have nothing, I had to eat cereal with water, which is like, you know, we feel bad for people who don't, can't afford, you know, to eat like and drink like their home eats or whatever, but that was the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa that was his iftar, right? The point of iftar is not to have like these like crazy iftar parties and things like that, right? Say, oh, look at the sunnah, we're reviving the sunnah, look at this, it's still hard of the deen and blah, 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 while you, you know, weigh like 500 pounds and like, you know, your cholesterol is like this and your blood sugar is like that and your whatever, you know, it's not what the point of that is. 
Um, so he said he said that mix some suik uh, with with water. And one of the reasons they probably had to do that is because their their um, grains were like harder than ours. They're like way more fibrous. Nowadays we have these kind of like weird designer luxury uh, grains that are really soft and really like the fiber is broken down a lot and things like that. It said that one of the reasons that they used to have, they used to have to dip their barley bread in something because otherwise you couldn't chew it. Uh, and so, uh, and so they, he, he asked them to mix uh, the suik with water. He said, oh, messenger of Allah, why don't you wait for the night to come in a little more? And uh, uh, he, he then repeated the order that get down and mix the, 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 the grain in the water. He says, well, it's, it seems like it's all, like still day, meaning it's still bright outside. They're not saying that the sun hasn't set yet. But maybe you should add some more time, you know, out of some sort of ihtiyat or some sort of uh, uh, cautiousness or whatever. And a third time then he gave the order to get down and mix the suik with the water. Uh, 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 and uh, so he got down, he mixed it, and the Rasul Sallallahu drank that mix. And uh, then he said, when you see the, the night has started to advance from the east, um, then it's time for the one fasting to uh, open the fast. And he uh, pointed to the east when saying that. So this, is, this means that the sun had already set, but what happens is right at the time of sunset, if it's a really clear day and there's nothing around, there's still quite a bit of light. It's very much like daytime at that moment, you know, but that shouldn't stop a person from opening their fast. Of course, there are some people in a particular community who uh, have to insist that like the sun has already set and they still like open their fast like 15, 20 minutes later or whatever for reasons known to the Lord. But uh, this is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wan Salmana ibn Amir al-Dabbi al-Sahabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu an nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala idha aftara ahadukum falyuftir ala tamrin Salman bin Amir is a, a companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His nisbah is to the, uh, uh, the qawm or the tribe of Dabbah. Uh, bin Addin ibn Ta'iha bin Iyasin bin Mudar and his nasab is joined by Ibn al-Athir and his Ansab the great Iraqi muhaddith and he lived in Basra and Bukhari and Ashab al-Sunan al-Arba'a Tirmidhi, Abu Dawud, Nasa'i and Ibn Majah narrate from him although Muslim doesn't and uh, uh, he uh, he is the only one, although Muslim does say that he is uh, a, a companion, he makes the comment that he's the only one from his qawm who has suhbah, he accepted Islam during the Rasul Sallallahu life. So not, no one else from that tribe had accepted until after Rasulullah had passed. So it's narrated that he said that the Prophet Sallallahu said, when one of you opens his fast, uh, let them open it on dates. And uh, if they don't find dates, then let them open it on water because it's purification. Um, and uh, meaning what? Whatever toxicity or stuff is like 
pent up in the blood, at least you can flush that out, even though there's no, in that sense, no nutrition in the water. Um, and it will also help you break down what's there. There's one more hadith in the Bab, inshallah, and then I wanted to say some a couple of comments about this uh, in addition. It says, on Anasin radiallahu anhu, قَالَ كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ يُفْتِرُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُصَلِّيَ عَلَى رُطْبَاتِ فَإِنْ لَمْ تَكُنْ رُطْبَاتٌ فَتُمَيْرَاتٌ فَإِنْ لَمْ تَكُنْ تُمَيْرَاتٌ حَصَى حَصَوَاتٌ مِنْ مَاءٍ رَوَهُ أَبُو دَعُودَ وَالتِّرْمِذِي وَقَالَ حَدِيثٌ حَسَنٌ and so the hadith so anyway there's a discussion about it that, that both of them are in the sunnah rather the sunnah is to eat uh, uh, dates and uh, this second hadith indicates that there's preference for fresh dates over the, the dried ones if they're available but they weren't always available and that you should eat a couple of them two or three of them you don't have like a ridiculously opulent meal rather uh, it's better to open your fast and then go ahead and pray and so this is one of the things that with you guys with you guys I let you guys eat because you're hungry from the fast and I'm afraid that you're going to like whatever wear you down you might pass out or whatever but now you know the sunnah is just to have a couple of dates and pray and then afterward you can dig into uh, whatever lovely and wonderful things that uh, your mama and other aunties from the neighborhood sent to the house and made uh, but uh, that's one thing the second thing is uh, that there are There are, interestingly enough, from the benefits of the tamar in one of the narrations of of Tirmidhi, the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Fainuhu baraka," that uh, the 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 the, uh, uh, dates there's baraka in them. This is one of the reasons a person eats them, and then from the benefits of medicine. Now we have a doctor; you can like you know hack down there old medicine if you want to but he says that that he, he mentions from the benefits uh, of, of, of tamar is that it um, it will push out whatever is what is left in the mi'da that wasn't pushed out from before he says um, that if a person their vision is like starting to blur or starting to like you know break down which happens when you're really hungry um, that that it, it's enough in it that you can see straight again, and so then he mentioned something really uh, another thing that I thought was interesting um, that I wanted, which is what I wanted to mention. He says that some of the doctors will tell you that uh, uh, eating a lot of uh, or eating tamar will actually uh, um, weaken the eyesight. He says, but that's from eating too much. Uh, he says in everything, everything, uh, or almost everything, there's so many things that, that a little bit of it is beneficial and a lot of it is harmful. And that's a thing, right? I, I mean, like, you're here so I can ask, right? That's a thing, right? The uh, elevated blood sugar, like constantly, one of the first things that damages the retina, right? Yeah. So the old doctors, you know. So it's not always, you know, a person should use some sort of common sense. It shouldn't just be like, oh, look, it says in the hadith and you're like cranking through whatever and like you have like super diabetes. You're like, uh, what, A- A1C is like 940 and like you're just like, mm, honey, look, shifa, linnas. And then you're just like drinking a gallon of it or whatever. Like have a little bit, you know, like dip your, you know, that's how baraka and shifa works. You know, like maybe just a little bit is fine even, you know, like maybe your doctor is going to say don't have a little bit of it. Maybe have a little, dip the corner of your spoon in it and just lick it for the baraka. You know, it's like a non, uh, you know, empirically 
quantifiable uh, thing, Baraka, right? So just, you know, that's fine. That's your Iman. The rest of it, the, the rest of it after that, you're just, you're just fooling yourself uh, 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 with that. There's no, there's no real, really, there's no khair in any of that. So inshallah, we have our uh, uh, doctors and nutritionists and personal trainers and everything will tell you about like how much potassium there is in it and this and that and the other thing. But the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says there's Baraka in it and there's khair in it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq, inshallah. Ramadan is still a couple of months away, but you guys are pious people, so you'll probably fast something or another before then. And uh, inshallah, we'll be, we'll be ready, you know, to hit the ground running with all this wonderful new information. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala rasulih Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.